Paul makes use of a favorite image here, our life as a walk, a journey from here to there, one step at a time. Does this image speak to you? I don't know about you, but sometimes I have to really push myself out the door to go for a walk. I need to get up and walk, and not just to the refrigerator. But there is another walk I also fail to take, a walk in a manner worthy of the calling I have received. Rooted in God's overflowing graciousness, we embrace, re-embrace, the life to which God has called all his people in baptism. Welcome to the Sand Hills Lutheran Ministry Podcast. I am Pastor John Edding. On this 10th Sunday of Pentecost, we are continuing a sermon series on the letter to the Ephesians. The title of this sermon is called, A Worthy Walk. And it is based on Ephesians 4, verses 1 through 16. Thanks be to God. Let's get to the sermon. Grace be unto you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Some of the most challenging and rewarding walks or hikes that I have taken are the ones that I've taken with other people. I remember one hike, one long walk that I've taken, uh, and it was many years ago. It was with a backpacking club. Uh, from Concordia College in Seward, Nebraska. Now it's Concordia University, Nebraska. We hiked and camped a few days in at uh, Fort Robinson State Park, which is taking in the stunning you know, Pine Ridge scenery. And like a hike perhaps that you've taken, it was filled with walking one step after another, you know, walking forward, looking ahead, navigating the ridges and the valleys, walking uphill and downhill, and keeping pace. So walking together is a challenge because you are only as fast as the slowest person, right? (laughs) And the grumblers and the complainers, they just take the joy out of the journey. And sometimes I'm the grouchy walking companion. Well, it takes patience to walk together. That's what I learned on hikes like like that one. It takes patience. Uh, Sometimes it would be just so much easier just to head out on my own. But walking together is rewarding. It's rewarding because you can share the journey and the burdens. And if you stumble or fall, there is another person who can help. Uh, If a more experienced hiker can lead and guide, uh, is there, they can lead and they can guide and they can encourage. Sticking with the group, walking together. You know, it made you less susceptible to getting hurt or to getting, you know, lost. So that hike was a good hike. Now it was, it was a good hike or a good walk because of the people in our group. Pretty fortunate to have one, um, a, a professor who was the sponsor of this backpacking club and he was the one who had the van and drove the van and he was our leader and he helped plan the, the hike. But then also there was one who helped him. He was an older student uh, in the group 
and he was also a very experienced hiker, and he shared many um, tips, you know, on how to have a successful walk and a hike. And he said, these are the essential things you need to, you know, take on your trip, you know, leave that at home, um, you know, bring the marshmallows, bring the chocolate, the s'mores, of course. Um, but he was good, and, and he also showed us how to pack the backpack. And he made for a natural leader. And it was a good walk because we helped one another. We looked out for one another. We were fortunate that way. Two memories stick out to me uh, during that hike. After a long day of hiking, we were relaxing around the campfire and you know, telling stories and sharing memories and just there's, I'm sure, a lot of laughter. But there was also a serious uh, moment and that's the part that I remember because one of the group, uh, members of the group, he felt safe. He felt safe enough to share a burden from his heart. It was like he was unloading a heavy, you know, how you unload a heavy backpack. And he unloaded his sorrow and his fears. And no one attempted to offer up any solutions. We just sat there and we listened and we quietly encouraged. I think if we were to ask him today or after that trip, he might have said, you know, I have been hurt. I have been hurt. Just talking about the problem helped, and it was healing. Okay, the other memory was a little bit more lighthearted. So we, after a long day of the final day of hiking, and we were tired and foot sore, we're ready to go home, ready to go and take a shower, you know, get cleaned up. But on the way back in the van, uh, one of the hikers offered to give a foot rub. So some people in the van declined, you know, perhaps they were a little uh, embarrassed uh, or, or other reason. And some people uh, did take off their boots and their, their socks and they got a foot rub. And I thought to myself, okay, what am I going to do here? I was a bit embarrassed and I said, but my feet, ah. My feet are stinky and they're sweaty. You really want to give my feet a foot rub? So I got a foot rub and it was refreshing. My feet no longer ached. <laughs> but I think I got an inkling of just how uncomfortable the disciples must have felt when their Lord and Savior knelt down and washed their tired and their dusty feet. So, we are halfway through this letter to the Ephesians in a sermon series called Ephesians, the letter two and four, and about the church. And we're halfway. Paul is starting the second half of the letter with this metaphor of life as a walk. In fact, we'll, we'll work with this metaphor for, for three Sundays. And today the text speaks of Christianity positively. It's, this is what we are. This is what Paul is saying. And I'll read the first three verses. I therefore, prisoner for the Lord, urge you to walk in a manner worthy of the walking to which you have been called, with all humility and gentleness, with patience, 
bearing with one another in love, eager to maintain the spirit and the bond of peace. So Paul is urging his readers and his hearers to walk together. I urge you, and that's plural, you, not a singular, not to an individual, but it's plural, and that's important. I urge you to walk, all of you, to walk in a manner worthy of the calling to which you have been called. God is calling us, Paul says, out of a, a, a way of life, an old way of life, or walking. And it's like saying this, here's maybe the old way of, of life. Um, I really like to walk on this hike, live this life, as though this hike is really all about me. You know, I have my rights, and this is the bad walker, right? <laughs> I have attained something, and you had better acknowledge that. I'm, I'm a good hiker here. And should you wrong me, I, I will have my vengeance. I will talk bad about you to the other hikers. And, you know, and so this is a walk that focuses on the self. It, it, it distorts, it mangles then my relationship or our relationship with the other hikers and walkers. And imagine this kind of walk goes like this, this way of this old way of life. It kind of goes like this. Hey, you know, hey, you either lead, follow, or get out of the way. Yeah. So that's that kind of walker who sees other walkers as com- you know, competitors or adversaries. This kind of walker is always you know, watching his back. And his, his old hurts begin to fester. And if you were to ask him, it really was on his heart. And if he was honest, he might say, you know, I have to keep up my reputation as a good hiker, a, you know, a great hiker, self-reliant, without weakness. But who am I kidding? I'm always sad and lonely. So Paul speaks of his church today, the church and all that it is supposed to be. And this is not a distant dream, but reality for this day, which God's Holy Spirit is working even now and would work in us as well. And this text has a different version of the church, a different version of of a way of life, a different version of walking in a manner worthy of the calling given to us. It's this vision It's not here, this text has a different vision of the church. The church is not here to preserve some kind of heritage um, or save a building or, or build a social club or be anything else than the missional outpost that God had created it to be. Paul gives us four things to think about ourselves and our congregation to act upon. The first is humility. Humility to walk humbly, put Jesus at the other and the other person at the center of our universe. You know, this walk or this hike with the group, it's not all about me. That takes humility. God gives that. He also gives and calls us to gentleness. 
And this gentleness is always looking for, you know, looking out for the other guy or gal on this walking together. Now, we may need and we may see somebody who needs, you know, a little bit of corrective guidance so that they just don't walk off the cliff, right? But gentleness helps in that speaking the truth in love helps so that we don't run roughshod over the feelings of others or the life of another. Instead, we care for them. Patience. You know, at the end of a long hike or a walk, uh, you tend to be tired and maybe a little bit snippy, a little grouchy, a little hangry, uh, hungry, angry. (laughs) And with all the relationships, patience is needed. This won't always go as quickly as I like it to go. But people are funny that way. We need to let this happen in God's time. And then the fourth, bearing with one another in love. You need, people need to be born with. That means bearing burdens. And we might even need to take some of that heavy load off of their shoulders and carry it, help carry it a little bit, even just by listening in a, with a sympathetic ear or tear. We are sinners. Paul is not suggesting otherwise. The real Christian congregation is not shocked to discover that Jesus has called sinners to his side again. He has always done this, and this means we must love the unlovable types, you know, the difficult walkers in our, in our lives, in our congregation. You know, the headstrong, the difficult hiker. And Jesus, you might think this is impossible, but Jesus empowers this. And Paul is making his favorite image in this text, our life as a walk. It's a journey from here to there, one step at a time, and he is urging people in congregations, to emotion, to an, a walking. It's a way of living. And it's a call to a worthy walk rooted in the overflowing graciousness of God. And we have to remember here because we are sinners who sin. We will go astray in our walking. So we always need to remember the gospel and God's graciousness. And we need to remember what Paul said in the first part of the letter, right? Right? We camped out there for for a few weeks. So think back to what we learned in chapters 1 and 2 and 3. You know, there we learned the gospel, that we were adopted, adopted, or uh, we learned wonderful things in our calling of adoption, of redemption, of resurrection. And what that means is that we have... um, All of those things, adoption, redemption, resurrection, have alienated us. Sometimes we think, well, alienation is not good. But this kind of alienation is good. Adoption, redemption, resurrection have alienated us from our sinful past and given us new names, new freedoms, and new life. And as we heard last week, we are now standing in God's inside God's love, measuring its height, its breadth, its depth, and its length. And it's a call. It's a call to walk in relationship 
with other people. And that life is marked with humility and gentleness and patience and bearing with one another in love and peace. And all of this, then, Paul puts into a goal. And here's the goal. We are eager to maintain the unity of the Spirit and the bond of peace. And such a walk leads to a maturity in which those living together in the community of the church are no longer then like infants who are being bounced up and down, tossed about on waves of human cunning and craftiness in deceitful schemes. So, what does walking together look like today? Well, it's like our Savior who knelt down and washed those tired, dusty, stinky feet of the the disciples. He came as a servant, and we also serve one another. So, Pastor Phil Brandt, a friend of mine, but also one who, who uh, wrote a commentary about this letter and I take great inspiration from, he, he recorded this uh, story. One day, Pastor Brandt, Pastor Phil, he got this phone call. He was working in his office. He was writing a devotion. And he got this phone call. It was a member of, a con- of the congregation an elderly man, he was in failing health, and this was last year, so the pandemic was raging. And this elderly man, he never left his house. They kept in touch by phone. And that particular day, he called his pastor, and he was frantic. He had gotten a phone call. Somebody had left a message on his phone telling him that his social security number had been compromised, and his account was going to be shut down. So there was a number to call so he could set things right. Yeah, right. But before he called that, he, that number, he called his pastor. And Pastor Phil said he was so glad that he called, that he made that call to him first, because most likely we are aware that that's a scam. <laughs> and he had called that number. He, if he had called that number, he would have given them personal information perhaps even access to his bank account, and they would have robbed him of what little money that he had. So the pastor called him, or urged him not to call the number back, just ignore the message that had been left on his phone. But here's the problem. Isolation and gradual diminishing of his faculties had left him vulnerable and unsure of himself. And that voice on the phone sounded so authoritative on the message. He was wavering. So Pastor Phil had him call another friend, an attorney. And they both knew this person, someone they'd worked with before, someone he also trusted. And together, they talked to him. They talked their friend away from that dangerous edge of being a victim of an unscrupulous and cunning people who prey on the elderly. You know, Paul urges us to walk in a manner worthy of our calling. And if you examine that walk a little more, you will see that it entails the essential ingredients of living together in in a community of the church. Honesty and love and patience and gentleness and service rendered to a common Lord 
Jesus. Paul goes on to say that such a walk leads to maturity, in which we are no longer tossed about like infants on the ways of human cunning and craftiness and deceitful schemes. So, the pastor's elderly friend had walked as a Christian for many years, and when he was vulnerable, the community came together to rescue, and he was not the subject then of the cunning and the deceit who saw him harm. His pastor and a Christian attorney helped him to work properly and built him up in love. Walking together in the worthy walk means that God defines us. He creates us differently. We're humble and gentle. That means we put the other first. We are patient in our suffering, even when it hurts, and especially when it hurts. We bear with one another in love. Voters' meetings are not business meetings. They're not like business meetings. Worship is not about whose music is played and whose is not. We go to church, we join a a committee, we join or another group. We We work side by side with other Christians and Christ is then building up our maturity, building you up to maturity, which is unassailable by our foe. Now, the church today, it is easy to disparage the church. It, is, it has so many faults. It, has, it is hard to love the church sometimes. And we are tempted to go it alone. But in truth, we need each other. We are vulnerable. Alone, we are vulnerable. Someday, I may need Your pastor may need that calm voice of someone I have served with and I have listened to before to tell me not to do something. God calls us to walk in relationship with other people, with each other, being filled with his love, being filled with his patience. Then I am able to forgive. More than that, I'm no longer the the center Jesus is. And the hurts and the problems of my life then are in his hands. And I no longer have to get even or settle the score. We walk together, united in Christ. Christ is building you up to a maturity which is unassailable by our foe. That walk is a good walk. It's a worthy walk. And by being united in Christ, the world finds us less susceptible to its ploys, its schemes, forgiving and loving one another. We support each other in his or her weakness and are in turn supported in our own weakness. It's a good walk, a worthy walk. In the name of God the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.